ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me, as always, Nathan Bartlebaugh. Nathan, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. How are you doing, Nathan? Good. Joy and I are actually doing well uh, in the midst of all this COVID stuff that's been happening. Uh, We were able to put an offer in and got a verbal settlement on a house. And so uh, it was part of an estate sale that was going on. And so we will uh, get the official paperwork. Hopefully uh, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, April 16th. We'll actually release it tomorrow, April 17th. So hopefully by tomorrow, Joy and I, or by today, I guess I should say when people are listening to this, Joy and I should have our official documents all settled and ducks in a row, and and hopefully we will be ready uh, to close on everything by uh, by sometime mid July. So we are we are going to be uh, proud homeowners for the first time, uh, which you know I think there are a lot of positives and negatives to it. You know, people uh, people keep. Uh, trying to get me more excited than I think I am for it. Um, there's, <laughs> there's been something to be said over the past 15 years that Joy and I have been married where uh, if something breaks, we just call up our landlord and say, um, you fix it. Uh, you know, so there's, I think there's something to be said for that where, um, you know, people are like, well, but you're not really making any money off of it. And, and my question kind of is, does anyone really make money off of a house? Because you're typically what I see is people will put all this money into a house and then they just take that money and put it into another house later on. Um, and so I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air on it. Um, but I, I am excited because we're at the point now where, uh, our mortgage payment will be equal to what we're renting. And so that was the point where I was like, okay, it's time. Now it's time to to go ahead and move into something else and, and see what's out there. So we are, we are moving in, uh, slowly treading into the deep end of the pool with home ownership, and we'll see how that, how that works out. So Nathan, you've been a homeowner for quite some time. What do you think of the whole thing? <laughs> well, we bought right when the market was at the at the peak. Um, we're still here in a townhouse, but we, I mean, we're pretty happy where we are. Uh, the thing is, you talk about making money off of a house. I think that it's not likely that if you were buying a house primarily for home ownership, I know what you're talking about. That everyone kind of, particularly when you're younger, and they're like, "Oh, you don't want to rent? That's just like sinking money into nothing." And I think that unless you're really actively uh, trying to make money, you know, like you're buying houses and turning them around and it's kind of like a job you're doing. Right. Unless you're really doing that, I don't know. Or you manage to like come into a haunted mansion that you bought for very cheap. <laughs> don't mind it. You know, maybe you could kind of do something with that. I think, I think your situation is very similar to a lot of us. You're probably in a pretty good situation because it sounds like you're able to move from one thing to another where you'll be doing just about the same thing you were doing. And you know, there's not going to be a necessity to, okay, I need to jump out of here in another two or three years, you know? Yeah. I think our mindset was a lot like that when we were younger than when we got into a house. We were like, I'm, we're kind of all right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I, it's it's exciting, though. That's really cool. And I think it'll be uh, it'll be very neat. To, I'm glad to hear, too, uh, personally speaking, I'm glad to hear that you're not moving very far away yes. from me, personally. <laughs> so you're about equidistant, I think, to where you previously were. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was actually talking. Maybe closer, actually. <laughs> right, right. Well, I was talking with a good friend of ours, uh, Jason Loveless. Uh, Jason's been on the podcast before, and um, you know, he was like, "Oh, dude, you're actually going to be closer to me. This is so cool." <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're you're probably yeah, you're much closer to him than you were previously. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're uh, you know we're excited. We're looking forward to it. Um, so you know some kind of some happy news for us in the midst of everything that's going on. And I think part of the reason we were able to to get in was because of the things that were going on. You know, the the siblings who were involved in this estate sale were, I think, a little bit nervous about uh, the price and, and the economy and things like that. And so we were actually able to, to do a fair amount of negotiating and, and get what we think is a, is a good deal on it. So we were we were actually, you know, in the midst of all the bad that's going on, we're thankful that we were able to, you know, find that that nugget and uh, and grain of hope that that came out of this. So, 
Yeah, that's cool. And I know that you were kind of looking at it when we, you and I were talking about the same house, I think a few weeks before or right as this was all happening. Yeah. And I think it was like less looking like less of a prospect at that time. It sounds like maybe, you know, things have changed. So yep. that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, I did have a question for you. Yes. Have, and I know that you've talked about him on the podcast before and, uh, I wanted to ask, uh, and I've seen a couple updates here or there via Facebook, but how is, uh, Zeke doing? I know he's going through a lot of stuff right now. Your, um, your nephew, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for asking, man. So, um, you know, things are progressing. He finished up his, uh, first round of chemo treatments. Um, and thing, you know, things have been hard because he had not been able to, to visit or see his siblings in about 28 days. Um, and on Easter, uh, they brought the they brought all the the children down, um, all the siblings down, and so he couldn't he couldn't actually physically see them and touch them, but he was able to go down to the front lobby with a mask on and you know kind of all geared up and protected. And he went down there and he was able to visit them through the glass and and he you know he got his pictures taken with each one and then a big family picture um, and this was on uh, Easter Easter Sunday and so you know even even in the midst of being separated they were able to to get some some you know family time in there which was which was very nice but I think physically he's he's doing well uh, he you know obviously he's such a young child he's six years old doesn't fully process and comprehend everything that's going on, obviously. Uh, and I think to a certain extent that's good because I think that's able to help keep his spirits up. And so as much as possible, he is active and lively. He's still continuing with life. My sister-in-law, Danielle, homeschools all the children. And so she still keeps up with his homeschooling throughout all of this so that he's not so far behind with things. And so, you know, obviously not to the extent, but uh, still keeping somewhat of a routine and normalcy, even in the midst of being in the hospital. So right now we're in a little bit of a waiting game. Uh, Our niece was a uh, match or we thought she was a match. And so they're doing... Uh, they just did another round of testing on her, and so we're waiting for the results to confirm that she is a match, but also to confirm that she doesn't have the same thing going on with her blood cells as well because this is a genetic thing, and where her blood cells and her bone marrow are a genetic match, they just want to make sure that the same thing's not going on with her as well. So, you know, we're kind of in in hopes and prayers for that, that first of all, she is a match and would be able to be a donor, but second, that she doesn't have those same genetic uh, markers and issues going on. So, um, but you know, things are progressing and moving along. He absolutely loves to receive cards and letters from people. He has a whole hospital wall full of them. Uh, and so what I will try to do is remember to put that up on our Facebook page. So if people want to go ahead and send a letter to him or send a note to him, uh, they can feel free to do that. Very cool. Cool. Thanks for the update. I had, now, are his parents allowed to be around him? They are, but only one at a time. So okay. mom, uh, his mom is with him most of the time. She spends the majority of the time with him, but his dad will come and see him a couple days a week. And then mom will go and, and visit with you know her other children those couple days while dad's with, with Zeke visiting with him. So... Um, they, they are allowed to be with him. That was a concern at one point was that they were actually going to put, uh, the parents on lockdown with him. And so it would have to be one parent with him all the time. And, um, if the parent left the hospital, they would not be able to come back and they were able to work through that, which was a huge praise. So um, they are able to switch on and off and visit, but at that at this point, no one else is allowed to visit with him. Wow, that's huge! Though I'm glad that they're able to be that it's a blessing that they can be with him. Yes, yep, absolutely. So yeah, man, thanks so much for asking. That's uh, that's great. So um, Joy is usually the one who who gets all the updates and things like that. So I'll have to see if I can get her on at some point and give a a more robust update of things. Yeah, because I saw him passing, and I think that it was maybe around Easter. I think I saw 
the image of him uh, on the other side of the glass with his siblings. Yes. And that's what spurred me to like, oh, yeah, I need to check and see how he's doing. So that's good to hear. We'll continue with the prayers and everything. Um, So let's – we had actually started to (laughs) – uh, let's see. What was I going to say? We were we started to record this. Yes. Just recently. Yes. And um, in doing so, we ended up uh, having to stop because it was so windy. Yes. Like, uh, we were not like you and I were outside or even right. near each other, <laughs> but we were in a scenario where uh, we were working on recording when we're doing uh, recording movies and all of a sudden it just sort of like cut out on us. Yes. And so we, we weren't really able to, I think you had some spotty internet issues for a couple of days. So, uh, how we're, we're going to handle this one, Nathan is really, really, this is sort of be like a, uh, catching up with the things we've been watching or seeing while we've been in the quarantine and the yep. lockdown stuff on, uh, Netflix and stuff like that. And any movies we've been watching. And then we're going to do a second episode where we're, we'll, you can, if you want to wait, we can share that topic. But uh, uh, why don't we start with what we've been watching? And what we had first started to do was talk about a movie that's currently on uh, streaming. It's yes. streaming as one of these movies that you can basically rent uh, for like a nineteen ninety nine price tag. Yeah. Uh, because it's currently in the theaters or was in theaters when theaters were showing movies, and it was actually the last movie that you and I caught at the theater, and it's called. Uh, Bloodshot yep. with Vin Diesel. Do you want to set that up, Nathan? Yeah, yeah. So you're you're absolutely right. It was it was the day that um, our governor here in Maryland, Governor Hogan, had made the announcement that they were going to start limiting uh, when people could go out. We hadn't quite reached the quarantine stage yet, but they were starting to limit things, and so they were cutting everything down to only a hundred people meeting together, no more than that. And uh, you and I, we had already planned, we had been trying to get together and we had already planned we were going to go out. And so we, you know, went out to dinner and then uh, went out to go see this movie, uh, Bloodshot. And um, I don't think either of us really had any huge expectations going into this movie. I I mean, I I enjoy Vin Diesel movies, um, but not for anything that I would say is, you know, tremendous acting or anything like that. I enjoy his movies because they're typically high adrenaline, high action, and they're fun. Um, And I would say that this was a good movie. Uh, This was, I would say, worth a matinee. This is worth a red box rental. But in the case of when people are trying to look at and decide, should I go ahead and spend the $20 that I can spend on, you know, the Amazon video streaming or the Fandango streaming or whatever you might be using, should I go ahead and spend the $20 to rent this movie? I would say uh, probably not. What about you, Nathan? Uh, yeah, I would actually agree with you. I don't think that we saw this. We watched it at an evening viewing. Uh, again, it was like literally the day before everything sort of shut down. And I think that while it is not a terrible movie and it's fun in pieces, it is based off of a comic book and the story that it tells uh, is pretty familiar. Mm-hmm. Although the, the, there are a few wrinkles to it. The problem I have is a lot of those wrinkles were ruined in the trailer. Yes. Uh, uh, which kind of gives an, an enormous amount of the movie away, which is becoming a very common thing. But it's another case where if you wanted to see this movie, I would recommend not watching the trailer. That being said, I kind of have an issue with this this 1999 price tag that they're throwing on some of these movie movies because you don't get to own it. Right. And without the option to own it, I really feel that there's very few movies I'm seeing come on the, the streaming services this way where I can really say, yeah, you should definitely go and do this. And I know that, you know, People will make the case, well, you're paying for this is about the same as if you were going to the theater to see it. Some people really enjoy the theater experience, and there's a little bit more to that sometimes. But we have a projector. We uh, we have a kind of den where we can all get together and watch the movie. So that does enhance it a little bit. And we did just rent one like that uh, that we wouldn't have had a, a chance to see otherwise. But I think particularly with Bloodshot, it just isn't the kind of movie – and it's an interesting thought here because it's just not built to be the kind of movie that you would really, I think, 
want to spend a lot or go a lot out of your way to see. Mm-hmm. It's not a movie I would actually even want to buy because I can't personally see myself watching it a lot because of how similar it is. All of the movies it's similar to are mostly better than it is. Right, right. You made I a comparison like- to it of a movie you saw. I still haven't had a chance to see this one, although I'm interested to it. But you kind of made a comparison to this style of movie with Gemini Man. Um, and in- you kind of preferred that one, didn't you? Yeah, both movies are, I think, movies that I wouldn't call particularly – they're not deep. They're not intended to really blow your hair back. They're intended to be action uh, kind of roller coaster funhouse movies. But being that being said, both of them are trying to tell a science fiction story and a somewhat, I say, credible – credible within the bounds of science fiction, pulp science fiction, which means that – a lot of what's happening in both of these movies doesn't seem very plausible. Bloodshot is far more plausible than Gemini Man, I think. Uh, but both of them are, are trying to be action movies first and science fiction movies second. I think Gemini Man is both a better action movie and a better science fiction movie than this one. Uh, again, they both feel very much like they were made in the 1990s. So it's going to be how much your mileage for that thing uh will determine, I think, how much you enjoy both of them. I think the filmmaking is better in Gemini Man. I think the acting and the camaraderie between the characters is stronger, too. In in Bloodshot, Vin Diesel, he just really can't quite get his arms around this role. Even though it's kind of just a Vin Diesel action role, when he's not surrounded by that sort of cast of, of characters that the Fast and the Furious series has, mm-hmm. I think he struggles a little bit, in particular here. I remember in the early days of like Pitch Black, and he was in a movie called Boiler Room, and he was in Saving Private Ryan. He, he was developing some acting chops, I think, through that. Poten- you know, he had There was a lot of potential there, and I don't see that potential as much. I don't know that he's being asked to really flex those acting muscles much. His other muscles, sure, but not the <laughs> acting muscles as much. Since, since uh, Fast and the Furious came along and landed his lap. And I'm not, you know, I, I don't know that he was able to really carry this movie in the way it needed to be carried. And all the side characters, there's a couple actors here, uh, Guy Pierce and a few others that are interesting and they liven it up here or there, but it just wasn't quite enough for me. I think I thought it was perfectly fine if I was watching it on cable or if I watched it on Netflix. If it was a Netflix original, it would probably be just about fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in much the same way I felt about the um, the recent movies, you know, you've got the Ryan Reynolds movie and the Mark Wahlberg movies that are just popping up on, on the Netflix where you yes. can kind of watch them essentially for free except for the subscription cost. And that's what this felt like to me. It didn't feel like it really deserved to be a big budget blockbuster sort of movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I would agree with that. I thought I thought it was fun. I thought it was fine if if I had a friend who came over and they were, you know, we were talking about watching a movie and they hadn't seen this one, I would run up to Redbox and get it for a couple bucks and say, "Hey, check this one out." But really, I wouldn't go too much beyond that because like you said, there are, there are some movies that I will go out and I will buy. They are staples. They're things that I'm going to watch over and over again. I would not get enough mileage out of this one to even just go out and buy this one at this point. Um, but that being said, it was fun. It was, it was certainly worth a watch. It was certainly worth going out, picking up at Redbox when it comes at Redbox. If you're able to, you know, pick it up once, uh, once it moves over from that renting streaming movie theater, even to, you know, $3.99, you can pick it up in the PlayStation store or on your streaming service for like $3.99 or whatever. I would say, Hey, check it out. It's a good watch on, you know, a Saturday afternoon or, or something like that. Yeah, I would definitely. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I definitely agree. <laughs> I would say that if you have, if you want to see it, that's the way to see it. I also think that in this current time, where we are, we're kind of limited to what we can get to. There are so many good older movies, or not even older movies, but movies that just aren't as well known that are out there in the action genre. Even I'm not talking about that you have to sit and watch, uh, you know, British period pieces right. <laughs> instead of this movie. <laughs> But there are so many better choices. Again, Gemini Man comes to mind as a movie you can rent for a couple of dollars uh, through a streaming service and have a better time with. And there are movies that have dropped on some of the streaming services that I think you can have a better time with. So not a lot more I wanted to say about that. Uh, Nathan, have you seen anything else that's in that since we're talking about it? Uh, have you 
Have you taken a chance on any of the movies that are in that, like, Rent Now, you know, the kind of theatrical window? Movies? You know, I have not because, again, as I'm looking at what's there, I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking at it and I'm going, really, the movie would be for me. And if I'm going to see a movie, I'm certainly not paying $20 for myself to see a movie. I mean, if those movies were $10 to rent, I might say, okay, I'll, I'll drop $10 to see this. You know, I'm, I, I look at Sonic, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. I've heard it's a good movie. I heard it's worth the watch. I'm just, I'm not going to drop the 20 bucks to see that right now. I'm going to wait until it comes out on Redbox or I've heard it's good enough. I, I'll just wait until I can buy it for $20 because I'm sure that I would enjoy it. Um, but I really haven't seen anything there that I'm looking at going, yeah, I would pay, I would pay the $20 to see that. Now you said you've, you have actually rented uh, some that way. And so what, what have you uh, checked out via the, that streaming platform? So uh, a couple things. It's also extenuating circumstances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let me mention a couple things. Sonic the Hedgehog, which I did see, and actually I was surprised to say I actually enjoyed. Now, I mostly enjoyed it because I was with my kids, and it also turned out not to be a piling, uh, you know, steaming pile of garbage. Right. So those two things were helpful. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not the world's biggest Jim Carrey fan when he's in this mode. I like him more in movies like uh, – the Truman Show, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, things of the majestic movies of that nature. His manic, wild shot comedy stuff is very hit or miss for me. That being said, I think he was quite enjoyable and he was kind of perfect for this this movie. I thought that James Marsden, who was sort of playing the straight man to a blue CGI ball, yeah. he did a really fun job. And that they kept the movie very light and it was exactly what you would kind of want a video game movie based around – kids who've played Sonic the Hedgehog to have. And yeah. so it was it was perfect, I think, for the base audience. It wasn't super ironic. It wasn't intended to be a movie for adults. It was intended to be a movie for kids. And I appreciate that about it because it was far less irritating to me as an adult that it wasn't trying to scoop me in with I mean when it when it went for the older audience, it did so in a knowing way that was a little smarter than average. That's not to say it's a smart movie, right. but I think it's just about smart. It's about as smart as it needs to be. Right. <laughs> uh, that being said, you can't. And Sonic the Hedgehog is a case where I feel a little bit better about this one. We did, we saw this in the theater when it was in the theater, but this one you can buy for twenty bucks and on on uh, digital. Okay. So I feel a little bit better because in this case you can kind of go in and see it and own it. Yeah. And the yeah. kids can watch it a few times and it'll help get you through quarantine. Call of the Wild, that's a fourteen ninety nine uh buy. I haven't seen the movie yet. We've been meaning to get we meant to see it at the theater. We did you can also actually rent it now for five ninety nine. Oh okay. so that kind of process, uh it's still in early access, but I think that one makes a lot more sense. Uh that sort of early access where it's basically the same thing as if it were on video right now. Yep. You rent it for $6. And that's what a lot of the indie films do. There's a lot of indie movies that show up day and date. A lot of us who enjoy those sorts of movies are very used to, hey, there's a movie that's just popped up. It's in theaters. And it's a, because it's an indie or a smaller movie, we can get access to it like immediately uh, and we rent it either for six ninety nine or we buy it. I think you and I watched uh, Beyond uh, – Sun, uh, uh, what was it? Beyond Skyline, skyline that yeah. way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, but the rental thing's a little a little hermit. So the movie that I, I I've done this with the only one was Trolls World Tour, which came out this past weekend, which is a sequel to the animated Trolls film from a few years back. Which I remember taking the kids to the screening and being surprised that it was a it was a fun, colorful, and enjoyable movie. Again. Within reason, it was you know it was about what you expect from a DreamWorks style picture. It wasn't a Pixar level movie by any means. It was more colorful and weirder than I was expecting it to be. And the kids had a really good time with it, and they watched it a couple times since then. And my daughter was so excited; she was asking uh, uh, me to take her to the theater to see this. Both her and my son wanted to see it really badly, and they were very very excited for it. And then that you know suddenly it's like I guess we're not going to be able to see this. And then. They announced that it was going to be released same day and date. And this was a totally, you know, Easter afternoon, after after church, after dinner, the kind of after dinner movie sort of deal. 
we rented it and we let them watch it. And I think they got their $20 worth because they watched it like three times in yep. the next yeah. 48 hour window. <laughs> uh, the movie itself was exactly what you would expect from a sequel. I think that you're renting this for your kids. My kids had a good time with it. They liked it. I think they liked it better than the last one. I think they liked it better because it's been a while since they've seen the last one. So there's no immediate comparison. If you like a lot of music and a lot of songs or, or you like little anime, animated characters singing three second sound bites of songs that you know very well, then you'll probably, maybe you'll get something out of it. I would not say it's worth the $20 again, but in this circumstance, we could put it on the big screen. We could make an event out of it. And I think it was worth it in that regard. Now, by that same token, uh, the night before we bought, because somehow I didn't actually own it, uh, we bought the digital copy of Superman the Movie, from the 70s with Christopher Christopher Reeve. Reeve, And we started watching that in the same circumstance. And that, I think, turned out to be a much better time. We've also been working through the Lord of the Rings series. And my family is like beyond excited about that. And they're really getting into that. So those experiences, there's a little bit more to them than than the trolls, which is kind of disposable entertainment. That being said, it's the same experience we would have had going to theater to see it. but that's because we, you know, so I think it all depends on what you can do. It's just that right now, none of these choices are top tier choices. They're not things right. that I would want to run out and see over the wide breadth of movies that exist out there or that exist on streaming for that matter. Right. And I think where Joy and I don't have children in the house, um, I mean, and even when we had children in the house, you know, we, we had E as a 13 year old was when we got him. Uh, we're, we're in a little bit of a different boat. You know, we're a little bit more, um, well, we don't, we, we don't need to see this. This isn't, you know, anything that, because we, we have, we, we will go on probably, you know, once every week and a half to look and see, okay, what's out? You know, what have they put up there? Is there anything new that we're interested in seeing or watching? And we just, we come away going, you know, for the both of us, the $20, I would rather, I would rather spend it somewhere else. But like you said, I don't, I don't have children. So I'm not sitting there going, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll spend the $20, you know, because when you think about it to see a movie like that, at that point, you're now paying $5 a person as opposed to $10 for Joy and I to see it. And so, you know, that's kind of where, where we've been lying on those things. But we have been watching tons of other things because there is so much out there with all the streaming services. Now, one of the things that we did see, and I know you took the kids to see it in theaters, was Onward, the Disney Pixar movie uh, that came out. And Disney Plus released it. Uh, I think it was about two weeks after they let it drop for their uh, for that kind of movie theater streaming thing. They decided they were going to release it on Disney Plus about a week and a half to two weeks later, and so Joy and I were able to see that. What did you think about Onward, Nathan? So, so Onward, I really enjoyed it, and it was it was the last movie we saw in a the theater as a family. Like I say, I saw Bloodshot with you a week later. I was going to take. Jonathan to go see King Kong, the original movie is being re-released in the theaters, but we ended up yeah. canceling it. So I took them. This was I'm glad that we went the weekend we did because it was intense. Izzy was talking about we got into a thing where we always want to go see our birthday movie. So there's always a movie that we pick when our birthday comes out, and every family member does this. And the kids get excited because then they start to try to speculate, well, what's your birthday movie going to be? And what's, you know, and a Johnny's birthday movie last year, I think, was Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So that was a lot of fun, and we took them to that. Nice. So yeah. Izzy was going back and forth, and she wanted – her birthday falls between two movies. It was Onward, and then it was Mulan, which, as we know now, Mulan never ends up getting released yet. Right. And it's been rescheduled for the summer. And so I took her to Onward the weekend before because we had so many different things going on that weekend of her birthday. And I was very glad we did because – because we wouldn't have we wouldn't have made it really otherwise and it was a really fun time and i actually really enjoyed this movie the the setup of course is that you have this fantasy world a high fantasy world with trolls and dragons and elves and goblins and secret quests it's basically a dungeons and dragons-esque world that has advanced to the point where it is very mundane and they have all the same accoutrements we have and it's so mundane in fact that the character's in this fantasy world, play D&D yes. <laughs> to escape 
to escape, but not so much to escape, but almost to kind of capture their heritage yes. in a way yes. that they've left behind, which is a really interesting concept. I will say one thing about this movie. It sounds like a kind of maybe a schizophrenic movie review, but I don't – I think that there was a version of this movie that would have been a knock it out of the park five stars right up there with Pixar's best had they really delved into that concept yes. that idea of them capturing their heritage through the storytelling and through the fantasy and on this quest they go on that's the pix that's the real extreme Pixar version this one is almost like a really 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 good dreamworks movie yeah <laughs> you know it's still a good Pixar movie i really enjoyed it yeah. i think that the bulk of the movie which is a road kind of buddy movie between two brothers who have this opportunity i don't even really want to talk too much about the basic plot because it's better when you can just sort of experience it. But they, they live with their mother, their father has passed and there's this opportunity to do something related to their father that connects them and sends them on this journey. And the yes. journey is cool because it's not a save the world journey, which I really appreciate. No one, the fate of the universe is not at stake here. Right. It's a very, very personal trip. This is though very common for Pixar. You know, we have to find Nemo. We have to, you know, get through college. We right. have to do this. They, they're always very personal stakes. Very rarely does a Pixar movie uh, ever deal with the end of things as we know it. You know, it's always very small and very personal. And so that's true here. I enjoyed everything that they did. I enjoyed the kind of little twists and turns they would put on the concepts of fantasy and on the role playing and introducing us to characters like the Manticore. But there was also a point when some of this juxtaposition just seemed very kind of obvious. Like here's the great once warrior who now runs like a, like a, almost like a Denny's <laughs> right. a Denny's or a <laughs> Chuck you know, e. Cheese. Kind of like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese is a better comparison point, you know, and that's funny, but it's funny for like a second. And then after that it's charming, but it's not like, it's not really capitalized on. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the side characters aren't capitalized on. This is really the central story of the brothers. And for the majority of the movie, it seems like it's very content to just sort of be very lackadaisical in a good way and very charming and very cheerful. And then I think if it wasn't for the last 20 or 30 minutes, which gives us a pretty cool action adventure fantasy scene mm -hmm. in conjunction with a story twist, I kind of didn't see coming. Yeah. I think yeah. it actually that, that twist and what it plays out and what it says about people and their memories and about what we do and we care about people like that was genuinely touching to me that kind of blindsided me because i was not expecting it to end on that note yeah i thought we were going to get a very generic note about our love for our family and our care about people who've passed i did not see that coming because i felt like in some ways it was it would frustrate people who were looking for a very neat ending right but i thought it was like perfect i thought it elevated the movie and made it one that i will return to because of how it ended other than that i think it's a very fun movie but i kind of wish the rest of the movie was as good as the last 30 minutes yeah yeah and and i i agree with that i i felt like the things that they were trying to do with it were uh it, it would have been i wanted to see more of like you said more of the D D stuff playing into their heritage and their backstory i felt like they touched on some of those things and and it was really just touching on them it was we're gonna we're gonna pack in and cram in as much D and D stuff as we can, um, without really exploring it. And and I felt like it would have been a stronger story if they had taken the time to explore it. But like you said, I enjoyed this movie. I really did. As someone who uh, plays D and D on a regular basis, uh, I, I found that high fantasy storyline very well done. And and I liked it. I liked it. I, it. As you said, it's one that I will go back to. Um, and and I felt like what you were saying with that last thirty minutes. That's where you saw Pixar. You know, up until that point, you're right. You're looking at a DreamWorks movie, but that last thirty minutes is where is where Pixar really came alive and brought what you would expect from that company into into the movie. And so. Yeah, definitely one that I would go back to. Um, one that I – now, let me ask you, Nathan, if uh, you had not seen this one in theaters, um, you, you were sitting at home, is this one that you would be content with paying the $20 for for the family to see? 
I mean, on one hand, I'd say yes. The other thing, and we did pay that when we went to the theater see it. The nice right. thing about this one is that wasn't the option when it came out. Uh, because Disney Plus decided to release it on their streaming service, well, you can get it if you pay for a Disney subscriptions and get it right. for the $7 or $12 or whatever it is a month. But also because Disney was doing that, when it dropped for release, it also had the option to buy. Yes. And I just think that that's the standard, the model, is that you should, in a case where you only have one option for pay, which is to say, I don't mind renting a movie for 7 bucks even. It's, you know, uh, I don't mind that. But the nineteen ninety nine price tag i kind of feel like it needs to come along with the purchase that's just where i am right now but right. i mean yes if you had to rent this for twenty dollars and you get the whole family together and watch it it was worth it it was it was more worthy of that rental than the trolls world tour and if your kids are wanting to see that and they haven't seen onward i would recommend onward i'd actually think i think the sonic the hedgehog movie is a stronger movie than trolls world tour it, but it, trolls world tour there's knowing thing it's a brand and kids who are enjoying that brand will want to see the movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make it a good one. Right. <laughs> but it's also not a particularly bad one. Right. But I would say Onward is definitely worth your time. And it's a fun watch with the family. And it's a good story. And there's a lot more to it. Like, uh, as usual, even a Pixar movie that's not in the upper echelon is often better than most of whatever is being offered at around the same time. Yeah. yeah. But I do think this one's a cut above even some of uh, cut above some of those second tier ones it's not quite the top tier but it's 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 still up there yeah yep absolutely so nathan let me ask you uh moving kind of into just your everyday streaming service what are what are some of the things that you're getting in on uh with the just everyday streaming service is there anything that you were like you know what i've got the time now let me go ahead and jump in on this series or this episode and and go with it uh, well let me tell you about something i i i started to watch but just couldn't quite get into because everybody's talking about it and um I started to watch it. it. It was really off the wall. I'm curious to see what people think about the catch a few episodes, but the whole Tiger King, oh. which is really <laughs> people are into right now. Uh, I watched some of it. It's insane, but at the same time, it's just, it's almost so, uh, these characters are just so over the top, but they're real, you know, and they're so sort of, uh, just decadent that you're watching them and it's like it's someone uh referred to it as tiger print shakespeare and that just seems <laughs> so it seems about right like it is this kind of grand tragedy but with these people um who are you know they're just people who you wouldn't really want to be in their orbit and yet if you've ever been down to like myrtle beach and places like that and you see the guys with the tiger like you suddenly realize you have been in the orbit of these people right that's also <laughs> that's also a little disconcerting i realized that the one the one character who's uh, you know a sideshow character almost unto themselves you know i've seen his tigers down at the you know boardwalk area at myrtle beach so it's um it's interesting it's intriguing but i mean it's everybody's watching it i think that it just proves that we are not so far removed from our desire that that the jerry springer in us is not gone <laughs> and i think a show like this sort of bangs at home i you will be entertained and you'll be a little bit horrified you might feel a little bit bad about yourself after or you might feel better about yourself <laughs> But uh, it's hard to say. But all that to say, I don't. I mean, I don't really have any strong. I, I, sometimes when you see these shows that just take off, people uh, are talking about them for good reason because they're really good. I don't know that this was really good. I just think there's a zeitgeist moment of, man, I'm inside. What is this mess? <laughs> and uh, it's not to say it hasn't been done well. The one thing I do, I do appreciate about it, is I always appreciate a kind of documentary where it begins with the filmmaker picking a documentary subject unaware of what's going to happen once they do this. And I think yeah. that's, that's something that's very appealing. It can be appealing in a, in a grandly comic yet also kind of dark way in the way this is where I, he didn't realize he's going to be in the midst of a potential murder. You know, I think when he launches into making this documentary, he picks a subject, he wants to make this, why would anyone want to own big cats as a sort of, you know, for, for like recreation. Big right, cats, meaning right. tigers and, and lions and all that kind of thing. But when he started, he had no idea the orbit he would be sucked into. And yeah. so that aspect alone is very interesting. It's always interesting because it's not a filmmaker sitting down and, and, and being able to assemble this very nicely pieced like record of events. It's, it's them being caught up in a maelstrom. 
And if you are, if you like that sort of thing, unfortunately, this is a much darker film because of what happens. There is a movie called Dear Zachary. I think it's called uh, Letters from a Father to His Son or something like that. Dear Zachary is the name of the movie, and it's a documentary. And I it began with a filmmaker, a documentarian, realizing that his friend's history and and heritage were a lot richer than he thought it was, and he wanted to make a documentary specifically about that. But he inadvertently got caught into this very, very tragic web of events that sprang out of this, and the movie he ended up making was so much sadder and yet interesting than you would you would expect it to be. That one's called Dear Zachary. There's others like that. Um, there's a movie out there called The Imposter, which is crazy. There was a documentary called Catfish a few years back that – uh, that involved a whole bunch of internet shenanigans. So I do like that sort of concept of the documentary that begins one place with the 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 subject and the and the creator, the director, the documentarian, if you will, not knowing what they're getting their hands on. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but there are probably better ones out there than Tiger King. I've been watching. I just finished watching a show on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's relatively new. I believe it came out not this weekend, but last weekend. It was called Tales from the Loop. Yeah, that looked fascinating. And it's a series, a mini series, and it is an it's it's an anthology mini series with the caveat that it uh, actually the characters that pop up in these stories are all connected, and so it is telling a somewhat connected storyline, but. Every episode is a different character's story, and sometimes you only understand the context of what's happening because of the other characters' vignette. There are, I want to say, seven or eight of these, I think, in terms of episodes, and it has a Twilight Zone or Amazing Stories kind of feel to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were based off of... There's a a Swedish painter, a sci-fi painter, his name is Simon Stalinhag, and he... Had, did a whole book called Tales from the Loop that was almost a tabletop book of these beautiful uh, painted images. And it kind of caught this uh, town in Sweden that looked like it was kind of stuck in the 1980s, or maybe it was the 1980s. And you see these suburban images, but in all these images, there are these giant structures floating in the skies. There's spaceships, there's ro- old school mech and robots walking around. And there was another one called Things from the Flood that was another kind of book that had more of a horror bent. But it was just pictures of people in these everyday sort of suburban settings with some fantasy or sci-fi elements thrown in. And the series has been built off of that concept. And in this one, it's been moved. It's not. It's in America now. It's outside of Sweden in terms of the location. But you have this small town that that centers around a kind of uh, underground compound called the Loop, and you're not really sure what the Loop does. Depending on what you think at the end, you may still not be sure of what the Loop does. <laughs> this is a again, it's a science fiction series. It has something in common with Stranger Things. It has something in common with, like I mentioned, the Twilight Zone, the Outer Limits, and it. Also, you could also see elements of Lost and shows like that in it. I will say it is not action-driven at all. It's character-driven, but it's also very vague in that sense. So I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the tone. I enjoyed the sort of more laconic uh, movement of the story. The story kind of takes its time. It has a very strange sensibility to it uh, where you have a very simple kind of thing, a body swap or a time travel trip, or there's a a, a mysterious creature on an island, and it will stick with that very small concept and develop one of the characters from the story and move you through the story that way. And that being the case, I was able to actually watch some of these with my kids, and they they got into it, even though I was surprised because of how kind of slow-moving the story is, and sometimes it doesn't really... It, there's there's not always like a big kicker twist that like a black mirror that will change everything you perceived about it. It usually just tells the story from beginning to end, so you kind of see where it's going. Uh, the thing I enjoyed about, also I enjoyed and also was kind of frustrating, was that each one of these has a different like rating on it. Mm. Which so now I like that because sometimes if a show, I, I sometimes 
like Picard, we talked about Picard, you know, yeah, yeah. overall, I'd say the basic rating of Picard was a PG 13, but every once in a while they throw in some stronger language. So you never knew what you were going to get from episode to episode. So it would always kind of put you on edge if you were watching it with some younger viewers and you hadn't got to preview the episode first. Yeah. I give prime credit because if you go to prime itself on the right hand side, they have individual ratings for each episode. Nice. Some episodes say 13 plus, some say 18 plus, some say seven plus. <laughs> so now because of the nature of them not being all interconnected, I could pick the ones I wanted to watch with them. And I'd say that the PG-13 episodes were all at a level that would be closer to PG than PG-13. Nice. And I think it's the tone of the stories. They deal with death, they deal with loss, and they can be very melancholy. But we were able to pick through there, and there were two or three we didn't watch. But the nature of it is the structure is so loose that you, they didn't miss anything. Right. Uh, and they were really intrigued by the stories. And they probably enjoyed it more than me because I think they loved the images. They loved the characters. And they could go through in this journey. They also haven't seen – they're still young and haven't seen a lot of science fiction. So they're not sitting there thinking, I know exactly what's going to happen. Although even they were like, hey, I bet this is what we'll – you know, I bet this person's there. It made them think. It really was sort of – uh, it, it felt more like the Twilight Zone than the last Twilight Zone uh, show right, remake right. that they did. <laughs> so I would recommend it with the caveat that some of these stories are a little slower. When you get to the end, I don't think you're going to necessarily feel like everything was deeply connected. But it is good, and I, I enjoy seeing this kind of science fiction and this kind of anthology uh, thing attempted. So it's it's on Amazon Prime. I'd recommend it. Nice. Nice. That's great. How about you, Nathan? Yeah, so one of the shows that um, I watched, which you actually turned me on to, uh, and that I think you you were not able to finish watching was uh, I do that a lot. Like you should watch this, and then I don't watch it. Right. You're like, oh, think about it, Nathan. I'm like, I don't know. What'd you think about it? Uh, <laughs> that is so true. Oh man! Um, but one of those shows is uh, A Letter for the King, and it's a Netflix original. Very well done show, uh, and it's it's a tale of knights. It's a tale of chivalry. It's uh, it's a nice adventure story that you would see, and it's a and it's a good solid uh, PG story. So it's one that you could actually watch with your children if they enjoy knights and adventures and things like that. There really, there's no, you know, there's no language, there's no sexuality, there's nothing like that. It's just a nice high fantasy uh, story, and it's really centers the the whole plot of this story is these children wanting to become knights, wanting to become uh, nobles, and so they they begin their training uh, within uh, moving toward that goal of becoming knights. And it's interrupted. And so they kind of have to finish their training in actual live scenarios. And so I thought it was very well done. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the story and how it moved along. Um, and, and again, if, if it's something that you, you know, your children will like, um, you know, kind of that lower tier of Lord of the Rings where, uh, you don't have to worry so much about, um, you know all the all the bloody battles and things like that uh, Meets going back on. on the menu, boys. That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you don't that have is to worry about a horror director getting carried away. That's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it is. It's one that I would definitely recommend. I love the acting in it through and through. I uh, thought it was very well done and it and it's very compelling too. It's it's you know, it's not just for for little kids. I mean there there are good strong themes in there about friendship and um even you know, even loss and and how to deal with that. And so I, I definitely would recommend that. Uh so if you get a chance to get back into it, Nathan, I would definitely uh say go for it. It's it's worth uh it's it's worth your uh, worth your time. It's uh, you know there was another show that came out which I do not recommend. Um, the Witcher came out back in December, and I saw that. Uh, I, I really did not enjoy that one, and this one I felt like told uh, that type of story in a better way and in a better format. Um, and so I, I really I really liked it. Um, 
Something else that Joy and I have been doing, we've been going back and rewatching older shows that we haven't seen in a while. So we have been watching Castle, going back with Nathan Fillion and uh, rewatching that whole series and are just enjoying that again. And then uh, The Middle as well with uh, Patricia Heaton. Uh, Neil Flynn. Um, So, you know, we've been doing a lot of that together. You know, those are shows that we'll put in and and watch together. So um, that's kind of where we've been. And then I've been making my way through The Expanse, uh, another Amazon original. I think, didn't it start out on sci-fi as a sci-fi original and then move to Amazon? Yes. Yes, it did. And I'm not quite sure why sci-fi as a has a habit, I think, of letting some of these things go, and you're sort of like, well, why did, you know, was it getting in the way of you making giant snake movies? Like, right. What happened, exactly? <laughs> right. um, it's kind of curious. I mean, because Expanse is a very good show. I, I'd argue it's better than a lot of the things that the, that the network has on there right now, and it's just, uh, they had another show, Channel Zero, kind of a horror show, and they, they let that one go, too, and it's just sort of like, but what else do you have? Right, right. I mean, once Sharknado upon a time, you're yeah, you've, you you had Battlestar Galactica once, but but what now? So uh, I think The Expanse is very good. If I'm being honest, I enjoy The Expanse much better than I enjoyed Battlestar Galactica, particularly when it's all was said and done. Yeah, so I, I've been enjoying my, making my way through that and watching that one as well. Um, so those are you know those are kind of some of the things that we've been digging on and watching and, and making our way through. We've been going back and watching. Uh, you know, some new movies and stuff. We did uh, get a chance to see the most recent Mission Impossible movie, Fallout. I oh, thought, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I agree. And and when I'm when I'm looking at, you know, like if, if I had a choice between, okay, am I going to watch Fallout or am I going to watch Bloodshot? If you haven't had a chance to see Mission Impossible Fallout, I would say go ahead and check that one out because, again, it was very enjoyable. It was a nice action movie, but it was also it was also, you know, a, a good uh, movie in general. I mean, the acting in it was fine and well done. And uh, we, you know, Joy and I saw it together. We had a great time with it. So, you know, if you're if you're like, hey, I don't know what to see here, check out Mission Impossible Fallout. I would recommend that one as a as a fun action movie for you to see. So, what other have you uh, seen any other movies lately, Nathan? We're we're gonna get wrapping up here soon. We've actually gone a lot longer with this one than we initially yes, wanted to, but as, as we often um, do, we yeah. do yes. But that's okay. We didn't release one last week, so uh, this will just be uh, last week's release. Um, but so, any any other movies that you've seen? Um, talked a lot about TV shows. Uh, let's see. Uh, and as far as new movies, again, you've got the new movies that are on the like the streaming services, and you've got movies. But we've been watching a lot of movies that we have it that either my children haven't seen or we've never seen before. We've started a fun thing that is we've gone in and we've watched movies like uh, classics that people haven't seen before. Mm. Uh, not people being my kids, and right. we're going to start a thing because you know, as I mentioned, they really want to get into all the like. Uh, summer movies, and they used to love sitting there making lists of what's coming out. Well, guess what? Not much is coming out over the right. next couple months. So we're going to start a thing on Friday evenings where we do uh, get a movie, uh, probably out of my collection, and then watch it together and try to pick some of the big classic ones and kind of build them up as a big event. Like, oh, this is the big, you know, the summer movie for this week is. Right. And in most cases, I realized, hey, my kids have, there's so many movies they haven't seen and that it would be appropriate for them that we could do this and we can have a great movie every week that's probably way better than whatever that was going to be released in the summer. Right. And so uh, one of the ones I'm looking forward to doing maybe this uh, this upcoming week we're going to do uh maybe the rocky the first rocky movie oh, which nice. you've never seen so i'm really i'm really excited about like doing stuff like that with them uh there's another movie um i'm uh, brushing up on some movies for a podcast I'm about to, a different podcast I'm about to do uh with someone and one of the movies that came up did you ever see a movie called the wonderful ice cream suit no <laughs> So, right, right. That's a movie nobody's really ever heard of. But it's a very interesting – it was released by Walt Disney Pictures in the in the late 90s. And uh, I want to say 98 or 99. I think it was 98. And it was a movie 
uh, I apologize for the screaming in the background. I don't know if my children are having a death sport or something. But so you hear this, I'm talking about our kids love being in the quarantine. It's great. And there's right. like murder happening. So you, I don't know, you can leave that in or we can pretend I'm in the purge. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but anyway, the, the wonderful ice cream suit is a movie that was done in 1998. It was directed by uh, a director named Stuart Gordon, who who's mostly done really um, grotesque horror movies like The Reanimator and uh, From Beyond, all these hard dolls about little killer dolls. But then he also happened to be the guy who wrote the script for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So it's a weird <laughs> – he, he did a movie in the late 80s. I, I bet that you've either seen or maybe know of Nathan called Robot Jocks. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. That's a, that's a classic, man. Also a PG action movie. It's hard to find though, but like – um, a really a really fun movie I remember really enjoying and it better than Pacific Rim which is the movie I thought of while everyone's right. saying why didn't they think to make this before it's like they did but it was right. made for like $15 and it called Robot Shocks <laughs> and no one watched it except me um so when he's not making our movies or movies called Robot Jocks and Space Truckers he did this movie uh The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit which is based on a story by Ray Bradbury that deals with a bunch of guys living uh in the kind of Latino part of the neighborhood and they are, none of them have a lot of money to their name and they see this white tuxedo and they, you know, all of them are thinking of the different ways that they could use this. There's a guy who wants to woo the girl. There's a poet who just wants to have a night on the town. You know, there's the hobo guy played by Edward James, almost drenched in dirt who just, you know, would like not to be drenched in dirt for a change. Right. And they, it costs a hundred dollars to rent this tuxedo and they aren't able to get the money individually so they have to all get the money together and it seems like a pretty goofy premise for a movie it's based off of a ray bradbury short story actually and uh it's a surprisingly nice gentle fun movie it's just a good kind of feel-good movie uh you can buy this movie on on streaming or rent you can rent it for three or four dollars i think you get like a 2.99 rental or you can buy it for like nine dollars half the price of trolls and it's far more enjoyable yeah. So uh, it, it it has the sensibilities of a play. It's a PG movie. Again, Disney released it. Uh, it's a shame. I think that's been overlooked because it really is a good movie. I think you would you Nathan enjoy. It. I think you would really enjoy it for what it is. It's a fun, feel good movie. I I kind of wish that Disney Plus would put it into their into their repertoire. They have not yet. Stuart Gordon sadly passed about two or three weeks ago. Hmm. And so I'm wondering if maybe if they go back and revisit that they might put it on there. I know Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is on there. But I, I think this is really good. It's called a, The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit. And if you're looking for a movie, it's made in the late 90s, but just something different. Joe Montana's in it. Edward James almost. It has a great Clifton Collins Jr. It's got a great cast for that kind of story and they all have a lot of fun with it it's very nice. charming it's very, very funny so that would be my recommendation of the week even though it's a movie from the nine late 90s that probably no one's ever heard of but yeah <laughs> there you go nice nice awesome that's great man yeah i've been uh enjoying going back and you know joy kind of has uh a similar uh, experience where there's a lot of movies that you and I grew up with and we grew up watching that we absolutely enjoy and love and she didn't see those and so over the past several years, I've been slowly introducing her to some of those things. So one of the most recent ones that I introduced her to was The Last Starfighter. Um, and we, uh, that's on our list. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is. It's such a great fun movie. I can remember back in the day where on Thanksgiving TBS would just play a marathon of that movie and you could just see it all day long. Um, and it's just, it is, it's just such a fun movie. It's a fun, you know, almost this star Wars esque, you know, poor farm boy, you know, gets, swallowed up into this huge galactic struggle that's going on and uh, just a really great enjoyable movie and I found you know obviously not the graphics because they were using those um, really old computer it's one of the very early CGI movies yes where they use CGI for starships yes Um, but all the acting in it is spot on all of the the interactions with the characters are spot on and it's just it is a, a movie that I felt even watching it now in 2020 just held up. I think it came out in 1984. Um, it did, yes. And, and surprisingly, so, it's one of those. I don't think. 
I think that I feel like everybody knew of it in the 80s. Like in the 80s, mm-hmm. I feel like I saw that poster for Last Starfighter like all over the place. Yeah. And in video stores and things like that. Even though video stores were just sort of becoming and coming into their own in 1984. I I feel like it was a thing that as a kid you knew about, but I don't feel like it's talked about a lot. If you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I don't feel like a lot of people talk about it. Every once in a while someone will bring it up, but I don't think it's got the love that some of these other like 80s franchise movies or, or movies that people think of you know i hear people yeah. talk about teen wolf much more often than oh yeah about they, the yeah starfighter. yeah and and i you know i feel like last starfighter is a better movie than teen wolf oh they, they, there's no <laughs> doubt about it i'm not really here advocating for teen wolf the teen wolf is one of those things that is pure uh nostalgia right you know right. dementia if you will thinking back to something that's not quite what we thought it was yeah um but the so i think that that movie I, I, that's what definitely that one definitely bears a rewatch. And uh, is it on any of the streaming? I mean, it's probably on streaming for buy, but I don't know if it's on any of the free streaming. Services, yeah, I, I have not seen it on any of the free streaming. Um, Joy and I have it on Blu-ray, so if you wanna if you wanna borrow it, you're more than welcome to it. So I'll just leave it in a bag outside. That's your right, house. <laughs> bag outside on the table. <laughs> but like the Tron, the two Tron movies are on our list. That's on yep. those are on Disney Plus. There's Disney Plus just put a, I think a great movie called the Straight Story. Have you ever seen the Straight Story? No. What movie is- about Alvin Straight. He was a um, he was kind of across the old dude who decided that he, he learned his brother was dying and he drove cross country on his lawn tractor. Oh wow! So, it's a it's an entire movie. A G-rated movie about a man driving on his lawn tractor, directed by David Lynch, the creator of Twin Peaks and Eraserhead, <laughs> and all those really twisted, demented, mind-bending, hallucinatory trips. And it's a straightforward story about a man on a lawn tractor, a G-rated Disney movie. Oh my I think Lord. that's one of those cases where they were like, you can't do anything but this crazy stuff. And he's like, here, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. It's the only David Lynch movie you can show your grandmother, um, <laughs> unless your grandmother's a real weirdo. So, but I do recommend that too. I probably go on and on about those things. Disney Plus really has proven, I think, to be worth the the time and effort. Clone Wars is the other thing we're going through with. Oh, the kids, nice, so nice. Yeah, that. yeah. I'm going back. I I watched uh, Wolverine and the X Men. Uh, it's it's a one season uh, show that uh, really doesn't officially end um but it's it's really cool i i feel like it's one of the better x-men shows Is out it there new? It, it's newer it came out around 2009 i think oh okay um, cool. yeah I, there's a lot of things i didn't know existed there's a tron cartoon i didn't know existed. yeah yeah tron cartoon uh x-men evolution is out on disney plus which came out early 2000s it came out i think shortly after uh the second x-men movie um, and that one is is an enjoyable one as well. That's where basically every character is in high school. They're not adults yet. Um, so that was a fun one. Uh, Joy and I went back and watched the original Rescuers on there, which was uh, fun to go back and see and kind of be like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we watched Rescuers Down Under, which I also really yes. – I, I have a soft spot for. I really enjoy that one. Yep, yep. Agreed, and and so there there really is. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. Gummy bears. Uh, I I go <laughs> in and and am making my way through that series again. And uh, Darkwing Duck. Been making my way through that series. Just so much fun stuff to go back and see. Um, Phil of the Future was one that I enjoyed, and so I'm going back and watching that again as well. What was it called? Phil of the Future. Not familiar. I have to put, uh, check it out. It's it's a fun one, um, and and I think I think the kids will will really like it. They it's about a kid who uh, goes back in time to uh, I think it's the year two thousand. Uh, he's from like twenty uh, you know twenty fifty or something like that, and so his family takes a vacation and goes back to the year two thousand, and they get stuck back there in time. And uh, they they end up bringing a caveman along with them. And uh, is this just, live action or it animated? Is. Yeah, no, this is a live action. That makes one. it even weirder. <laughs> yeah, this is it's kind of in the same vein as you know what they were doing at that time with like Lizzie McGuire and uh, I was going to say even Stevens. Or yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah. I, I feel like it's probably not as as weird as even Stevens was. Um, even Stevens <laughs> got really weird in some of their episodes. 
Um, I, yeah, that was the Shia LaBeouf show, right? Yes, like the show yeah. that he was on, rather not the, like the Shia LaBeouf show. But correct, yes. correct. Yeah, um, but you know that one, Kim Possible, uh, which uh, Christina Carlson Romano was on, even Stevens, she did the voice of Kim Possible. Joy and I have been watching that one but as well. My kids have watched a little bit of that because that one's animated. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I there's a lot of and let's say it is fun to go back and show them things that they. Um, that did never seen. Like again, like we say, we tonight. I I've got a when I get off here and after dinner, we're going to finish uh, Return of the King because we watched the Two Towers last night. My daughter has been asking me all day, all day, what Gollum <laughs> means when he says, "Well, we'll let her do it." Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so she she bugged me until I told her she lob, and she has been asking me every day. Five or ten minutes, she comes up and asks me. What is she love? What is she love? And because of a certain phobia she has, she is not going to be very pleased when she finally learns <laughs> what, what she love actually is. So, uh, but I'll no spoilers for me on this this podcast. Right. So, right. Uh, oh, that's great. That's great. But we'd love to hear what what everyone else is watching and or or uh, reading, listening to things like that. Um, there's so much stuff out there. Uh, again, like we covered some of the new stuff, but. Uh, Really, I don't see a lot of reason for renting things with the the great wealth of things that are on um, mm-hmm. on the streaming services. Yeah, and um, because my the way my mind works, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw one more out and I can see anything about it. But there, uh, Hulu is airing a show that is on FX right now called Devs. That's D E V S. Mm-hmm. If you are someone who really enjoys the weird sci-fi, like. Uh, uh, the matrix, but with no Kung Fu, you know, <laughs> just the really kind of out there inception level sort of stuff. Uh, devs, it has, uh, the actor you're most likely to recognize right off the bat is Nick Offerman, uh, who mm-hmm. was on parks and rec. He, you know, he was, um, uh, what's the character's name? Uh, man, I, I produced points for not knowing this. Um, Ron Swanson, uh, you know, he just had the mustache. Now he's got the full long hair and the big beard. So you'll recognize him if you if you uh, see it. But anyone who's into science fiction, I'd say give it a try. It's called Debs. But you're going to have to be a little patient because it's piecing together a very weird, strange puzzle. And even me, who has a lot of mileage for science fiction – I was like a little disoriented in the first episode <laughs> because they were building so many pieces without catching you up on what was actually happening. You're just kind of thrust into it. That gives you a mystery to solve, but it also means you got to be a little patient. But I think anyone who really loves like strange science fiction will like devs. Nice. Nice. All right. That sounds great, Nathan. It's uh, It was good chatting with you, getting caught up on, on what we've been out there watching and, and keeping an eye on. So we, uh, uh, gonna go ahead and sign off now. Don't forget to, you know, drop us some love. Give us a review on your favorite listening service, whether it be iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. You know, we're on all the major ones. So giving us some some ratings really just helps us get uh, more out there and more discovered on the websites. And uh, good ratings. Just- well, you know, uh, we'll take good ratings, but hey, we'll also take bad ratings. You know, we want to know what we can do to improve as well. Um, I you well, let know. me put it this way. Let me let me change this. <laughs> if you have a bad rating, if you have something that's wrong with us, email us. There you go. <laughs> don't, don't put that. Don't let iTunes be the place you decide to send us a message. <laughs> I don't want you to give me a fake five star review, but right. <laughs> you have some problems, email us. <laughs> email us. Let we'll us know. Uh, that's um, great. And I guess it would be fair to, you know, I, I think we should. We're encouraging everyone to kind of reach out and, 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 and drop a line and talk to us and stuff like that. And I do want to mention, I did see that this week um, Jared had dropped the line on the Facebook page. And he had put a question up there for us. Everyone can kind of go there and see it. And it was something he thought would be interesting for us to kind of talk and delve into. And we are actually looking into that. We're looking on doing a future episode, maybe even next week, regarding some of what Jared's talking about in there. So you can go to the Facebook page. You can see it. Uh, he kind of poses as a question there. There's a video. I think the video gets cut off, but he elaborates there on the on the uh, these go to eleven discussion group. Yeah. So if you're not a part of that, you can, you can head over there and you can check it out. And uh, we do try to communicate back and forth through that. And we are reading your suggestions and your thoughts. So, uh, Jared, we will be getting – we will be addressing that. We will be doing something for it. We're just working it out right now. Yep, absolutely. All right. That sounds great. Nathan, until next time, we just rock the Casbah. These go to 11.